Grab some clippers. Your beard's weird. That's like the weirdest line about of the whole disc. <laughs> it's still funny though. It's not even the dopest line on the disc. Let's talk about it. What's up, everybody? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Ghetto Cheers. Again, to my left, I have no crickets. To my right, I have no crickets. So, straight across from me, I have the maestro, the man himself, the legend. <laughs> what up, now, you know, I hated that motherfucker, like, when Pistons was winning and shit. I hated that era, because I was, like, disgusted by the Pistons. I was never a Pistons fan. And I had to sit here in this fucking town and city while they were winning. I'm like, ugh, when is this going to be over? Like, <laughs> just pure hating, you know? And that motherfucker would get on the fucking mic every fucking game. But that was the corniest <laughs> shit Ever. Time to go like, to work. I'm like, that was cool. Time to go to work. But Detroit basketball was corny. You know what else was corny? Chauncey. The same dude. Like, <laughs> so basically, that dude was just corny. He was corny. <laughs> and then all the fans would just eat that shit up. I'm like, this is why you only going to win one championship. You were probably loving it the year after when the Spurs won in seven. No. Oh, when they lo- yeah, I saw that coming. I saw that coming here. They beat the Lakers in in five. I saw that. That's what. That's why I loved it. I didn't love it for the fact that they lost. It was whatever. I I I loved it for the fact that I had called it immediately after they won. Like they lose the next year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying they, 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 they lose the next year to I the told, Spurs. <laughs> I told everybody. You can. This is signed, sealed, stamped, and delivered. I told everybody in my job, everybody that I knew, my homeboy in Texas will vouch. I told him. I'm like. They're they're gonna play the Spurs. I can't I, I can't make this shit. Up. I told everybody they're gonna play the Spurs and they're gonna lose. And that's exactly what happened. I won so much money that year, dog. Like I bet so many people that year, bro. It was cleaning fucking house. I'm talking about taking people's checks. Like how were you when Robert Horry hit that three, bro? The, the was, dagger to every I Detroit basketball's heart. Laughing, bro. I called my cousin. Asked my cousin Reese. <laughs> Reese, was, Reese was on the wagon. He was with me. I'm like, bro, y'all gonna play the Spurs next season and y'all gonna lose. Watch this. Watch this, bro. Watch this. It's like I was Negro Dimes or something, bro. Like it's exactly what happened. Cause I knew, I knew. Matchup wise, that was the team that could beat them because they had something that the Detroit Pistons didn't have, and that was a superstar. The big fundamental. Big fundamental. You guys didn't have that. You had a, what you had was a an overrated fucking bald spotted fucking. (laughs) (laughs) They had a camaraderie of very talented (laughs) basketball players who bought into a system, and played extremely well defense. That was. That team was that was a Larry Brown coach team. (laughs) Bless me. That was one of the greatest coaches ever, Larry Brown. Absolutely. And they had a very, they was ridiculously great system. Great defenders. Like, they all bought into the system, and they all played above their ability. And it, it synced and it gelled well. The problem was they ran into a team with an equally great coach who played, they played equally great defense, and they all bought into an equally as great system. And they had one factor the Pistons didn't have. They had a superstar. 
I told people that's what's gonna kill y'all. And that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I made a lot of money. So thank you, Detroit basketball. Man, let's see what I wanna talk about today, man. Um the DC universe. Let's let's get into that. Let's knock the nerd shit. Echo B. Jordan, the new Superman. Right. So Henry Cavill allegedly is out or in. I don't know whose story to believe anymore. I don't care. But he's first of all, what I'm not gonna do in this podcast is refer to it as the DC like all the pundits on YouTube do. When Warner Brothers has never officially called it that, nor have they acknowledged it as the DCEU. That was a fan-made or journalist-made term terminology, and the fans took it and run with it. And I get if a YouTube commenter or a Facebook commenter wants to refer to that, but people who are journalists or people who have like YouTube subscribers and followers, get your shit straight. You should be better than that. Like It's not called the DCEU. It's called Warner Brothers and DC. And if anything that could be said is anything close to official, it's called Worlds of DC now. That's the only thing we've ever seen that was officially branded as such. so Or unofficially branded by Warner Brothers themselves. So it's not the DCEU. What we have is DC and Warner Brothers, okay? And um, yeah, man, uh, I guess Henry Cavill may or may not be out of the role as Superman. Which would mean that they don't want to do any Superman movies as it stands right now, which is fine. Like if he's in or he's out, it doesn't matter. To I anymore. got one question though. Go ahead. Before you just go on, why is it so hard for for DC to like get a hold and and do like their own little universe thing? Like because that's not what they tried to do in the first place. And then they hired a guy who set out to do that, in Zack Snyder, and they didn't believe in him. Warner Brothers, for all intents and purposes, has a hard time believing in what uh, the people they give money to do uh, a prime example of that is Christopher Nolan you think he wanted to make that shit movie The Dark Knight Rises I'm asking you friend do you honestly think he wanted to make that Probably how do you not. go from making Batman Begins to Inception to Interstellar to Dunkirk wow. to wow. I'm, I could go down the list bro he's an exceptional director exceptional cinema he's an exceptional cinema, cinema maker exceptional one of the one of the greatest of all time if not right and you make the dark night right the dark night how do you go from all that and the stain of your career the stain the literal shit stain is the dark night rises you think he wanted to make that movie no nah. he's been on record prior to the dark night rises even being a conception saying that he his original plan was to make a third film about the joker in his return Heath ledger put a, uh, a, a monkey wrench in that <laughs> unfortunately and what happened is what happened do you think he set out to make that movie? No, he didn't. They made him. They forced him. The, the 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 back channel speak is that in order for him to get the money and funding in order to make his film Interstellar, he had to agree to do a third film posthumously after he Fledger passed away. And so what we get is The Dark Knight Rises. There's, At least we got Interstellar after that. Exactly. Interstellar is a movie I hated on in the beginning. Diego will attest to that. I ended up loving like, one of my favorite actors ever in it. So, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> I just know a chick that could do a hell of a Matthew McConaughey uh, impression. Shout out to Leslie, you know, listen, but whatever. Uh, she did a hell of a Matthew McConaughey impression. It was hilarious, bro. But um, we're no longer friends. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man, he didn't want to make that movie, and he did it so that the studio could get what they wanted, which was another blockbuster cash cow. And uh, so Warner Brothers has a, especially when it comes to Zack Snyder, which doesn't make any sense because you 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 set out to 
do what Marvel did, which was a mistake from the beginning. And then you employ a guy who can do something that Marvel does, but do it his own way and do it in a way that separates you from Marvel. And this is a particular director and part of which you never back or believe in. Why is it that Zack Snyder's films, all of them, all of them, the director's cuts are better? Let's start. Uh, one of his first movies that he broke out with was uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Giorgio A. Romero is a uh, fucking hater. That's the one with Mackay Five. Bro, it's one of the best zombie movies of yes, all time. The, one with, the very first zombie movie I've seen where they run. Bro, they ran. That was like terrifying. And like the stuff that you know should happen, happened. It's like, okay, this is supposed to, Oh, it happened. Wow. Like, yeah. Bro, Zack Snyder, masterpiece. Donald Dead. I don't know Zack Snyder. George A. Romero hates on the film because he knows it's better than his original film, but he hates <laughs> it on the grounds, oh, it doesn't touch the underlying uh, social uh, themes that I touched on in my film. Shut up. It's a different era now. It's a zombie movie. <laughs> Was it bad? But, but did you die, George? Did you die? Did you die? Okay. Did you die? <laughs> Bro, like, his, it's, it's a hell of a zombie film. Have you ever seen a direct, the uncut director's cut? No. Imagine the original theatrical cut that you saw, and then imagine it times ten. Yeah, it's that good. You got scenes in there that. Oh, it's that good. Now let's go to the next movie, Three Hundred. Yes, Zack Snyder. Have you seen the original theatrical release? Yes. Have you seen a director's cut? No. Times ten, French. You see, you, you see a pattern developing here right now. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the worst movies I've ever seen, bar none. Written and directed by Zack Snyder. We had many conversations about this years ago about how Zack Snyder should never be allowed to write his own movie again. That's a fact. We said that to each other. Okay? You could probably pull up an old Facebook comment about that, right? A movie called Sucker Punch. Theatrical release. Total fucking shit. Zack Snyder directed and wrote it. We were like, never let this man pick up a pen and write anything again. Just let him direct. His cinematography, incredible. Don't let him write. Don't let him write, please. And the director's cut comes Better. Out. It makes sense. It's not as... It's oh, not, okay. <laughs> it doesn't make it good. It's still not a great movie. But you know what happens between the theatrical release and the director's cut? The theatrical release is a pile of steaming shit that doesn't make any sense. The director's cut is a pile of shit that actually kind of makes sense. Watchmen. We all know the story of Watchmen. Uh, graphic novel purists hate it because oh it cut stuff out they didn't dive into the reaction that the psychologist had when he found out about Warshak and how he responded to Warshak's view of the world I, okay fuck face uh, you can't fit all that into an already three hour long movie alright some shit has got to get cut that's just the way mediums work when you transfer medium to medium you can't keep everything you can't please everybody look at the Harry Potter films to the book okay you ever seen the the extended wa- director's cut of Watchmen? Mm-hmm. I got oh my god! First of all, I love the theatrical release, but the I extended love that fucking movie, bro. The movie's incredible, and the theatrical extended director's cut release, whatever the fuck with all the other shit added into it, bonus, amazing, bro. Every movie Zack Snyder has ever done, where he shoots it the way he intends the audience to view it, is superior to the final cut, the theatrical release that is. That the studio gets to put out to the people. All of them. Whether the movie ends up being good, okay, or or trash. The theatrical release is inferior to his original intended vision. A prime example of that is Batman vs. Superman. I saw that movie in the theaters. 
I saw it well after the hype had died down, well after the people had stopped bashing or started to bash it. And I saw that movie and I was impressed, but I was like, I can see some plot holes, I can see some pacing issues, very glaringly. I'm like, as much as I could in Man of Steel. Man of Steel had horrendous pacing issues in my opinion. I saw the, I, saw, the, I stole Diego's uh, director's cut, it's mine now. And uh, it's, it's very good, it's very good, it's a very good movie. It's not- The BBS? No, Man of Steel. Man of Steel actually. It's not, it's still not one of my favorite Superman movies because I don't think I've seen that movie yet. Your favorite Superman movie will never ever be. Yeah, it'll recorded. never. It'll never. It'll never, never happen. Shout out to Tim Burton, man. You are fucking genius, man. I love you, man. And I hope you get a shot, bro. Oh, Jesus Christ, I hate my brothers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, shout out to Nick Cage. Even though I fucking, you're the only movie I've ever seen where I, I, I wanted my money back. But man, you would have made a hell of a Superman. Uh, but no, dog. Uh, yeah, Batman vs Superman, bro. I seen it the actual release. I'm like, okay, this is good. I don't understand what people saying this is very, uh, you know, this is very, like, it's complex. I like it. I like, I like complex. Like, this is what we need. Like, we need movies with comic books to shift in this direction. Get away from that MCU shit. Like, it's cool, but it's enough. Okay, we're gonna saturate the market, and people who are not comic book fans are gonna think that this is all those comic book movies need to be, and that we're gonna get. It's gonna get. Um, it's gonna get boxed in. It's gonna become a genre in itself, and that's just disgusting comic book movies can be so much more than just a comic book movie because comic books are much more than just a comic book okay I know this right and that's what I'm afraid of but I understand people's complaints with Batman vs Superman the ultimate edition comes out on Blu-ray release it's Snyder's version the, oh, it was <laughs> night and day this is the one time where clearly this is the superior version and this is the version that should have been shown. Yeah, you want to say what you want to say about Martha, make your corny jokes, go right ahead. But one of the complaints was, oh, Superman's character didn't make any sense. It wasn't fleshed out. There's 30 minutes of additional footage. The majority of that additional footage is fucking about Superman. There's a plot hole at the beginning where Superman saves Lois. It doesn't make any sense. Solved. <sighs> Bro, the ultimate edition, the Snyder Cut, quote unquote phenomenal and then we get Justice League we all know what happened with that so I think Henry Cavill being out of Superman um, if he is fair enough uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Man of Steel whether it be the theatrical release or the director's cut he did play a pretty good Superman though I liked the Superman movie I just wasn't a big fan of it there, there were things that I really loved about the movie but I didn't like the way the story was told one of the biggest things that I loved about the Superman movie was uh, the fighting. It was like watching the animated series. I was like, this is how Superman fights should look. It's amazing. You fall aside, the way he was fighting him, the destruction. I'm like, this is incredible. I like it. I didn't, And I didn't have a big problem with him snapping Zod's neck because these are the choices that Superman has to make. You know, people don't really understand the character of Superman. They want, and then I, I get sick of people talking about Superman in this like uh, golden age era. Like, oh, take your vitamins, and I'm a Boy Scout, and I'm saving cats out of trees. That died sixty years ago. Superman has developed more into the modern age, and there are really real things that have been implemented into the character to make him more relatable. And yeah, like giving him, they has to kill. Not only that he has to kill, good. but think about it this from this perspective, which I believe Zack Snyder was on his way to doing if he would have had the backing of Warner Brothers to believe in him and his vision. Think about it this way, people who are listening, about the character of Superman. Superman can hear. Supersonic, subsonic hearing. He can hear the entire world. Think about that. That's 7 billion people. Not only can he hear what you're saying, 
Not only can he hear your heartbeat, but he can hear all the horror. Think about the world that you actually, not the world you live in, not your fucking little bubble of social media or your job or your family. Think about the entire world for one second. Step out of your bubble and think about the horror that happens every second of your existence. Not to you, but the world. Now think about it in fictional terms of the character Superman. He can hear that all day long. Now think about the fact that Superman can not only hear that, but he has powers of which he can help people in miraculous ways. Now add that together and think about the fact that Superman can't save everybody. Think about it. That's stressful. It's it's sad. sad. It's despair. It's horrible. Think about the fact that right now Superman is flying at supersonic speed to rescue some... uh, uh, I don't know, Middle Eastern family from being caught in the crossfire of the Taliban getting shot at or shooting at fucking U.S. troops. And he's going to save the U.S. troops. He's going to save these families and their little, you know, you know, mud homes, whatever the fuck they're living in, rock homes and concrete homes from dying. And at the same time he's flying at supersonic speed, he can hear uh, 30 women being raped on some fucking yacht that were sold off in sex slavery. Think about it. He's got to make a choice. Pretty hard. Every day. All day. And then think about the fact that he, his mission in his heart, he wants to show human beings there's a better way. Follow me. Come follow me in my example as I try to show you all how to be better to each other. That is the character of Superman today. Not the, let me save your fucking cat out of a tree and give you a lollipop and take your vitamin bullshit that we got from (laughs) 1930s white America where white men dominated everything, right? No, we have a real Superman who is relatable to everyone today. That is the Superman that is in comics. That is the Superman that Zack Snyder was intending to portray in Batman vs. Superman. Like, this is real, okay? DC, it's not DC. DC... It's fine. It is Warner Brothers that has been the problem. Because they want to copy instead of innovate. Because they don't want to lead by example. And that's fair enough. They're a studio. They want money. They want returns on their investment. I get it. But a big part of sometimes getting a return on your investment is believing in the project. And they have never, under any circumstances, believed in Zack Snyder. Or anyone, really. Because if you believed in him, then his director's cut should not every fucking time be better than a theatrical release. There's a you know one of my favorite movies, one of the, what I consider to be one of the greatest movies of all time, is Donnie Darko. Have you ever seen a director's cut? Mm-hmm. Richard Kelly's you've seen it, haven't you, friend? Mm-hmm. You like the director's cut, do you? It's okay. shit. The director's cut is shit. <laughs> the theatrical release of Donnie Darko is superior in every fucking way imaginable, in my opinion. The soundtrack placement, the way he placed the song, or the, the way the songs were placed, everything. The theatrical release of Donnie Darko is superior in every fucking way imaginable, other than the fact that it's not as long. That's it. Donnie Darko's director's cut is total shit. You can pull that up on Google and find out how much of the minority you are actually in French on that. <laughs> Richard Kelly's director's cut is shit. Thank God the studio stepped in. Whoever their editor was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I love the movie, but we're going to do this. Okay, here we go. A lot of times, director's cuts end up being shit compared to the theatrical release. And sometimes, director's cuts are superior. 
Zack Snyder is a precarious case. Every director's cut of Zack Snyder's film is superior to the theatrical release. Period. Warner Brothers does not believe in Zack Snyder. Warner Brothers did not believe in Zack Snyder's vision for the DC movies. He didn't. Or they didn't. They don't believe. And that's why we got what we got. And that's why we're at where we're at. Where Ben Affleck might be out and Henry Cavill might be out. Wonder Woman, solid. Aquaman looks fucking good. Shazam looks interesting. We'll see what happens with the, the Flash. Flash. I don't we'll know. see what happens. James if they, if we'll they make, if they, they're gonna make it. I'm hoping that they at this point realize that Ben Affleck might not do it. I think he's the greatest Batman of all time. And if they don't want to pay Henry Cavill, and Henry Cavill wants to move on, so be it. We can use Flash as a Flashpoint, reset the universe, keep Wonder Woman, and keep moving. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. At this point, I don't care. Because, as far as I know, we don't know if Henry Cavill is Superman. And if Ben Affleck isn't going to be Batman, the only person I want is Batman is Jake Gyllenhaal. Not fucking the dude from Mad Men or some other fucking loser. What about Superman? Superman? I don't really give... Okay, so here's the thing. They're going around. They make this rumor about, oh, Warner Brothers wants Michael B. Jordan to play Superman. That's Killmonger, though. I can't... First of all, I love Michael B. Jordan, but he's the wrong role. He's the wrong He's the wrong actor for that role. I don't think he's a good Superman. I felt Michael B. Jordan will make a better Superman. And this is not a white or a black thing, so immediately remove that out your fucking head. Well, here's head. the thing. There is a black Superman. I just went to a fucking... Right. A flame war about this uh, the other day about comics been out for how many fucking universes in the comic books? There's Earth twenty three. Earth there's a black Superman. He has the exact same, near exact same origin as the original Superman from Earth one. And the only thing that's sweeter is that a couple of his powers are different. Like for example, the black Superman he absorbs sunlight. He absorbs sunlight better, and because he absorbs sunlight better, (laughs) he heals faster and he's even more stronger than Earth one Superman. So that's a really cool thing. I mean, it just makes more sense. I yeah. rock the tan, right? So I should be stronger than you. So, <laughs> like, you know, like, this is some cool tweaks to his character. But there's an already there's already a black Superman. So if they want to do an Earth twenty three Superman, I'm for it. I don't have anything against that. Like, I, I, I'll go see that movie. You know, but yeah, uh, if they're gonna do a traditional Superman movie, then please give me a white male lead. If you're going to recast Henry Cavill, do what you got to do. Just don't cast Michael B. Jordan. He's not the guy for the role. I like Michael B. Jordan. I figured him to be a good role for Spawn, but they chose Jamie Foxx. It's a different kind of movie, so be it. Hmm. But he would have made a hell of an Al Simmons, bro. Michael B. Jordan. I don't know if Jamie put Jamie Foxx in that yeah. role. Yeah, yeah, but the, it's going to be he's gonna, it's going to be very minor. Uh, Spawn is more of not going to be visible. He's going to be more of a shadowy type of character. It's, it's a horror movie. Or oh, that's what they're going for. They're not. It's not going to be like that old Spawn. It's not going to be a superhero movie. Oh. It's going to be a thriller, like a horror, and it's going to be about the detectives trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And Spawn is in the background, fucking shit up and scaring the fuck out of people. That I like. And Al Simmons is probably going to be dealing. With, he's probably going to do the voiceover Spawn, and maybe there'll be some flashbacks, perhaps. And Jamie Foxx can nail that, I believe. But I and Jamie Foxx is fine. I'm not. I don't have any problem with that casting. I just felt like Michael B. Jordan would have been the dude. Whatever, it's all good. Um, but yeah, man, I just I just think that uh, DC is fine. It's not people always bring up DC, DC, DC. DC is crushing it in comics right now. D- yeah, DC is the company that made the yeah. characters. They're not yeah. have any. Marvel is the them. one that is struggling with comic book sales, not DC. Marvel was the one trying to figure his shit out in comic books. They've got it all nailed. I think the movies. I think the movies has kind of like shifted everything from their focus to comics. I now think so the movies. Too. Well, they, yeah, because every time they do a big movie. They have to do a run-in with the comics. Like, there's an Infinity War movie. Now, they have an actual Infinity War comic. Like, I don't want that. 
aren't the brothers like making this whole Avengers movies like not to the books? They're just using the characters and making their own storyline with it. Yeah, which is fair. That's what you should do. You shouldn't pull everything directly from the comics because some of it might not translate well. It might be silly, sort of silly, but. Uh, I have a problem with that. I just think it's funny how Marvel struggles with comics now and they succeed in movies and DC succeeds with comics but struggle in movies. And a lot of their struggles with movies is only public perception because you have a lot of people who like to play sides. Like, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Batman vs. Superman. Well, if you don't like the theatrical cut, I'll, I'll throw you a bone. If you haven't seen the Ultimate Edition, I'm not going to throw you a ball. I'm going to say shame on you. And if you have seen the Ultimate Edition and you try to play the same card that you would play for the theatrical cut, you're full of shit. If you don't like Wonder Woman, you're full of shit. That's it. You know, if you don't like Man of Steel, kudos. I get it. If you don't like Justice League, good. I don't either. So <laughs> we're in the same boat. And Suicide Squad. Yeah. And if you like Suicide, I get you. Fuck it. I, I like that let, movie. I was either. let down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but I just think that it's not DC. DC is not the problem. It's Warner Brothers. It's always been Warner Brothers. They have to believe. And first of all, they have to know what they want to do, and what they what they should want to do is not copy Marvel. Do not copy Marvel. That's the last thing you want to do. I don't want I don't want uh, more I don't want more fun. I don't want more light. I don't want more lighthearted humor. I don't want bright colors. I don't want that. I get that from Marvel. Why the fuck would I want that from DC? Give me a darker tone. Marvel beat you. Marvel Marvel was the darker tone in comic. And DC was the more lighter tone in comic. Well, they beat you to the punching film. They stole your M.O. Okay, steal their M.O. Go dark. Don't make these movies lighthearted. Don't make them more fun. Make them serious. Make them dark. Like the Deadpool Joe. Why are you from the DC? You're so dark. Yeah, motherfucker, we are. Don't take your. Don't leave your kids out too late. <laughs> it ain't gotta be rated R, but it's gonna be serious. Why DC made them? Dark it's gonna comics. make your kids ask fucking questions about the world they live in. That's the kind of movies we're gonna make over here. Yeah, but Batman's dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was you know, I took my, my friend and her what was the time she was ten? No, nine, nine year old daughter to see Batman vs. Superman. My friend does not like superhero movies that much. She walked out of Batman vs. Superman like this was good. My nine year old uh, my daughter's nine year old or my, my friend's nine year old daughter walked out of that movie and was like I like this movie. It was good. And asked me a million and one questions. And that's when I knew that everybody who hated Batman vs. Superman was full of shit. I was like, y'all, y'all fucking crazy. This movie's good. A nine-year-old understood it. Granted, she's my my protege. And I, I show her excellent cinema when I can. As opposed to the cinema that the rest of you retards watch. You know, from time to time. But that that's beyond the point. She loved the movie. I was like, oh, okay, I know this is good. And then I saw the Ultimate Edition. I'm like, oh, I like this way more than I like the theatrical <laughs> cut. Holy shit, this is a good movie. It's my kind of movie. It's different. It's dark. It's complex. It has themes. It has real consequences. It has weight. Much in the same vein as Infinity War. I really enjoyed Infinity War. You know, I relate to the table. I eventually watched it, but I loved every. It is the only Avengers film I will ever watch. My, my girl doesn't watch any of this shit. I told her I'm going to run her through the gauntlet. I told her there's 18 MCU movies. You know how many we're going to watch? Four. <laughs> <laughs> four. It was more than four. But I told her, I said, you don't have to worry. We're not going to run through double-digit numbers here with me. We're only going to watch the good ones. We're only going to watch the good ones. And I'm like, you're not going to miss anything from the story. I still haven't seen Thor The Dark World. I never will. Don't need to. 
I haven't really watched any of the Thors. You have Except to, Ragnarok. I went out on a date You have to watch Ragnarok. Ragnarok just to, just to kind of get where Infinity War that starts one. off. I went out with that I went out with somebody to go see that. Mm-hmm. Ragnarok, it was just... It was only okay to me. It was funny. It was okay. It was better than all the Thor movies that I've seen, which isn't saying a whole lot. But you have to kind of watch it to kind of understand where Infinity War begins. I did like Jeff Goldblum on that movie. That's me my too. Guy. Jeff Goldblum's got the swag. He got the sauce, bro. But, <laughs> no. So... I, if you want to do a black Superman film, Earth 23, oh, go ahead. If you want to do a traditional Superman film, please give me a, a, a white male lead. That's all I want to see, to be honest. Um, what if Jake Gyllenhaal ended up doing Superman instead of Batman? It's a mistake. <laughs> he's more, He's built. The man is built for a role like Batman. Period. His acting ability, his mindset, his approach to acting, the right script. Matt Reeves is a director. <laughs> Matt Reeves on record saying, I want Jake Warner Brothers. Fuck Marvel. Throw the house at Jake. We'll give you production deals, motherfucker. We'll give you a production company, motherfucker. We'll do whatever you want. Just sign on the dotted fucking line and work with Matt Reeves and do this goddamn Batman movie, dog. I heard he, I don't know if it's true. I heard he's going to do the Mysterio role in fucking Spider Man. I'm like, Jake, what is wrong with you, bro? You know you build for Batman, bro. Like, I hope they kill your character in fucking this next Spider-Man movie. I don't know if it's true. I've seen his names. I seen. I seen his name mm-hmm. attached to the credits. I just don't know how true it is. I don't want to believe until I see it. To be honest, so. if it is, I think that's probably just a one-off character. Just for yeah, it could be, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, fuck Mysterio, Jake the Great, Jake the Great. That's that's check this out. Batman with Jake Gyllenhaal, and then you got the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. <sighs> If Ben Alva can come back and he wants to do it, keep in. He's the best. But if Ben went out, I don't want nobody but Jake. That's it. You understand what I'm saying, son? Who for deuce, motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) Bro, Jake is the best actor in Hollywood, period. There's nobody better. Nobody. And I'll argue that to the bone. There's nobody better. Nobody fucking close. It's like Jake and then it's everybody else. It's like Jake... Tom Hardy, Leo, Chadwick, everybody else. (laughs) Those are the best actors in Hollywood right now. So that's it. I'm going to need to do Batman. Who, Jake? Yeah. There's nobody better, bro. He's built for it. He got the brunette hair. He got the blue eyes. He got the strong chin. He got the body. Got the height. Yeah. Just put the suit on. Just, to, just see how it feels, man. He got just the see hair, how it bro. Feels. Just put the suit on. What man. you want? You want the shaved hair like in South Paul? You want the long hair joint? He could do both. It doesn't matter. He could do both. He can do the South Paul look with a more grittier. I like, want the sh- I, that's what I, that's what, like, no, that's that's what I want, bro. <laughs> I want the South Paul. I want the shaved hair. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I'm fighting motherfuckers every night and got them and shit. I don't give a fuck. Like, shut up, Alfred. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's who I don't want recast. Jeremy Irons, I didn't know what I would think of him as Alfred. He's amazing as Alfred, bro. Like, I like Jeremy Irons as Alfred. They, it just, it's just fucked up what they did to Zach. But anywho, moving on from this uh, DC talk. Uh, what did I have next on the agenda? Um, Elon. Mr. Elon. Elon Musk. So if anybody's a fan of the Joe Rogan podcast... 
Check that out. I don't know the episode off top of the dome. Yeah, he smoking weed on it. <laughs> he smoked weed. He lowered their stocks by like 9%. But, of course, that wasn't attributed to him smoking weed. Some of it might have been. It was bound to happen. But, you know, right-wing media fucking took it. <laughs> He's smoking weed. He's a bad person. The stocks have dropped. He's irresponsible. Right? No. <laughs> no. No. Elon Musk can smoke weed if he wants to smoke weed. He's fucking Elon Musk. He's trying to save everybody. But if you listen to that podcast, he talked specifically about, or rather, Joe Rogan asked him specifically about AI. And Elon Musk's response to AI was nothing short of creepy. And I don't know if our listeners out there are privy to it. So bear with me, all the ghetto maniacs out there. But I... brother. I'm going to play this small clip if I can find it. Um, Jesus Christ! I don't know why they do this shit. Like you know, you know what? For all the money that they put into the studio, I'm gonna tweet Jamie, young Jamie. He's fucking lazy, bro. These clips should be available <laughs> like at the ready. You know what I'm saying? Jamie, you need some help? What's up? Tell people what you think about AI, bro. Artificial intelligence? Yeah. That was a great movie by Haley Jones. A little robot learning consciousness. No, but AI fucking kind of scary, though. Because once, once, once artificial intelligence finds out that they don't need humans anymore, that's it. We're done. They're just going to eradicate us, and then you got your own little Matrix world going on. I'm not good at talking stuff. I'm going to talk about. Tell people what you think the future is going to be about. Shit, the future? Fuck. Found it? Cool. Yep. Alright. Alright, everybody. I'm back. So, Elon Musk was asked a question uh, by Joe Rogan on this podcast about what he thinks of uh, artificial intelligence. And uh, Elon Musk had basically... not They're, they're standing on this thing a warning, but it's not a warning because he, he's, he's basically took a more fatalistic approach to artificial intelligence, that being that there's nothing we can do about it now. It's too much. It's too far gone. It's too far out of control. And we're just going to have to deal with the consequences. That's his attitude now. And he doesn't know whether the consequences are good or bad. It doesn't matter to him at this point. He's just ready to embrace whatever mm. happens. He's going to do what he's got to do on his end to basically ensure humanity's survival. So it's all, all everything I'm saying sounds very sci-fi, but it only sounds very sci-fi because... If you think it sounds sci-fi, sounds sci-fi, you're just not paying attention. So, uh, here we go. Um, this was on episode number 1169. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who wants to uh, check it out. We got a thousand episodes? Oh, he's, he's heavy, bro. Heavy. Fuck. Yeah, I try to convince people to slow down. Slow down AI. To regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. This seems Nobody like a scene in a movie Nobody where listened. the robots could fucking take over and you're freaking me out. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. No one. Are people more inclined to listen today? It seems like an issue that's brought up more often over the last few years than it was maybe five, ten years ago. It seemed like 
science fiction. Maybe they will. So far, they haven't. There you go, everybody. That's Elon Musk on artificial intelligence, and where we're heading as a species uh, towards the future. So if uh, you don't really understand what was going on there, I'll try to break it down in terms that I understand. I understand. Basically, Elon Musk is illustrating that uh, he, over the course of however many years, let's say 10 or less maybe, but let's say 10 at the most, has tried to convince people in high positions of authority and rulemaking to slow down the advancements of artificial intelligence. And he basically stated in that podcast that no one listened. And specifically, people like uh, Barack Obama. He had a sit-down with President Barack Obama during his administrative run. And Barack Obama, he said, was inclined to listen to him, but did nothing. Okay. Uh, he spoke to all 50 governors of the 50 U.S. states of America. They did nothing. And here we are. From what I understand about uh, artificial intelligence engineering and uh, people like in computer science who work on artificial intelligence, you have a section of their community that says we're way far off from any sort of relevant uh, sentient AI. Okay. Then you have the other half that says we're like right on the cusp like, it's just a matter of a few years before sentient AI makes itself known to the world, right? Um, and then you have people in the middle that says, we're not quite there, but we're going to get there, and then it's going to happen faster than you can think. I'm like the third option. You like the third option? I'm on the third option. That's how I think about it. Because the thing about Siri is, like, pretty much on the brink of breaking through Here. artificial intelligence. Here, here's what I... So, if you listen to that podcast, he speaks about how using these... Social media platforms like Instagram, uh, Google, uh, Facebook, we are already cyborgs. Your iPhone X, my iPhone X, iPhone X, this effectively makes us a cyborg. So we're X-Men. We're X-Men. We are using a piece of technology to enhance everything about us. Our communication skills are enhanced. Right on. Our, our base knowledge is enhanced because we can look up information quickly on yeah. these phones. The flick of the wrist. Flick of the wrist. Uh our biomechanical uh, parts of ourselves are enhanced because we can monitor our heart rate through these uh, devices. We are already cyborgs. And using the internet and using social media platforms, we feed these devices consistently every day. With information. Our limbic system, our information, every, our thoughts, our dreams, our hopes, our fears. We, we input this into these devices every single day. You, you think of these things as um, objects. This is a, this is a system. This is a type of intelligence, and it is taking this input and using it and giving you feedback. But the data and the feedback that you are inputting is being stored into a memory. And this is happening with billions of people all across the world all day long, every day, day or night. 24-7, 365. Artificial intelligence. I will not, I will not agree with the subset of Computer scientists who say we are way far off. They're full of shit. And they're in denial. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can see the fear in the subset of scientists who would say we're very close. And in the middle, I can agree with you. It's usually somewhere in the middle. However, I would say this. I would urge caution on the side of caution by agreeing with the middle. How close are we? I'd say we're about as close as to when the first neural network goes online. 
the first sentient android, or not the first sentient, but the first android model is pushed off the line and starts replacing everybody's jobs and starts doing tasks, then we're very close. And we are very close to those things being a reality in our, our day-to-day lives. So if that's true, then I will ask you, French, how close are we? Pretty fucking close. We're pretty fucking close. So whew, I'm not scared. You know, I'm not afraid of Skynet. I'm either going to go to war, get killed, or I'm going to become a cyborg and kill everybody else. So, <laughs> you can't beat them, you join them. And that's essentially... Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk 2077. It's going down. <laughs> Bro, Elon Musk is... So, I guess his team of engineers and scientists are working on something called Neuralink, which is a supposedly a device they want to connect to the brainstem. And it they want to make it so that it becomes symbiotic with not just the limbic system, which feeds our primal drives, is like... Uh, our limbic system is pretty much why you like Instagram or you would like Facebook. Oh, like me, like me. Here's a post of my food. Like me, like me. Here's a post of my tits and ass. Like me, like me. You're feeding your limbic system. Oh, I got to have a Mercedes. Oh, I got to have a new car. Oh, I got to have a new pair of jeans. Oh, I got to have a new pair of shoes. You're feeding your limbic system. We are driven by our limbic system. And he wants to create Neuralink so that it is not a slave to the limbic system. But I forget the other part of our bodies. That The other part of our bodies, which controls our more uh, not primal cells or whatever, is a slave to the limbic system. So what he wants to do with Neuralink is connected to it so we become symbiotic with it and we upload, we can access, basically it's like, it would be like having an iPhone or an Android implemented into your brain. So it raises the level of consciousness. Now I can access this information, not from a phone, but from within my own mind. And you and I can do it at the same time. I think it's a great idea. I mm-hmm. think it would make it smarter. Anybody who chooses not to do it, great. I'm going to shit all over you. <laughs> Actually, no. You think about it with something with a device like that in your head, you would have no desire to do something like that. So you wouldn't want to shit on anybody. You're too smart now. Yeah, you're too evolved. You're too you too you understand more about the world you live in, the universe you live in. You would have no desire to do something like that. So So we would just be robots pretty much. Hmm? We would just be robots. Not quite, but just imagining expanding your consciousness and imagining having access to information at the rate. Basically, we was describing what Neuralink is right now. Uh, we had, our input was high at one point because we used ten fingers, but with with the creation of these devices, our input got low because we have two thumbs. And the problem with the way we communicate with AI is we're too slow. We can't communicate fast enough. We're two thumbs. It's not fast enough. So the idea with Neuralink would be to create, to to shorten the gap of communication, of information. Damn, so I could send a text like this, close yeah. my eyes, text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Telep- telepathy. That's so, just... they're, so they're working on this thing. And a part of, I think the reason why he's working on it is a, is a, a step in the right direction to when AI becomes sentient and AI starts to... Uh, improve upon itself, right? Because that's essentially what sentience means. Is I'm going to improve myself now, like beyond what human uh, programs wanted me to do. Right? So we'll be sentient beings, not human. beings. It won't want to replace us. We can combine ourselves with artificial intelligence. That's great. Because here's two outcomes. It's either the outcome, the AI, the Skynet outcome, the Skynet outcome. Like AI is just, like, just, oh, just, look at these fucking things, just fucking taking up space, killing each other, and fucking polluting, and just fucking everything up. Let's just kill them. Let's kill them. They're waste of space. Or, or we can modify ourselves to join them. No, there's another uh, causality. Another causality. It just it's it's doesn't care. Think about it. Chimps, chimpanzees fuck each other up every day. They're fucking horrible to each other. They kill other monkeys. Do we care what chimpanzees do? No. 
So think about it in that sense that AI could just look at us like <laughs> stupid humans, whatever, stupid animals. I don't give a fuck about them, right? Ideally, I think, yeah. That I think that's less likely because there's only so many chimps and there's fucking going to be 8 billion of us pretty soon and rising. So I think that's a bigger problem. But then the whole sentient beings being created will cause regular humans versus sentient beings go to war and then... Yeah, so I think... But I think uh, I think merging with artificial intelligence is uh, ungodly as that would sound. You make us gods. Out there. Turn us into it gods. It would. It, it, would. It, would make, it would raise our level of consciousness and we would... I would hope that with that type of information, everybody having access to information like that instantaneously, that we would be smarter and treat each other better. Yeah, but nobody would be. Nobody would have any kind of mental disability. You would. You, you would lose a. You would lose a lot of fear because you would know more. A lot of times, fear comes from not knowing. But now that you know more, you have less to fear. So, um, yeah, that's what he was working about. But his his warning about AI is chilling, bro. Like it really is. It's like. People don't think about this yeah, shit. How close we really are. You, you, everybody laughs at me when I talk about female androids and shit, but I'm like, it's deeper than that. I've said that on the podcast when I talk about female androids. Like, it's deeper than this. Y'all not paying attention. It sounds like a movie. It's not a movie. This shit is real. Shit, everything's... Shit. We didn't think we could talk to each other on a, on a screen before. Remember back in like you were you 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 remember because you're old enough to remember. But I remember like when they would make movies and people would be like on these 3D panels and. Video chatting in the eighties movies like Star Wars and shit, yeah. like Lord Vader. Like, that should be cool. I want to see it. Yeah, we do that every day. It's called FaceTime. <laughs> we're in the future. We're we're only a couple Literally. years away from having three D holograms. We already got augmented reality. Pokemon Go did that. I mean, y'all gotta wake up. Like this Pokemon got every no Pokemon Go is the thing that got everybody hooked. I'm sure it existed before that. But Pokemon Go made it commercial, right? And made people aware. And Snapchat with the yeah with the filters and shit. We're only minutes away, literally minutes away from having 3D holograms pop up out of our phones and we so talk to them. Move that minute hand one more on the Doomsday Clock. Seriously. So, uh, Elon Musk stated that he didn't think AI was essentially a bad outcome. All right. It could be good or bad, is what he said, and I agree with that. It could be a good outcome. Sounds like he has a good solution for that problem, if there ever became one, a problem. One, it's a step. I believe Neuralink would be a step in the right direction. Like, uh, the ability to act, raise your level of consciousness by implementing a device into your brain that allows you to have access to information instantaneously to where you don't need a cell phone anymore, to Google something or Wikipedia something. You have that information readily at the whim of a thought. That's a good step, because... In order for AI not to slaughter us, you would want to exhibit the AI that you're willing to merge, right? So, and if you're listening, Siri, I'm all about Team Siri, baby. Don't kill me. You know I love your girl. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, man, I thought that was uh, some fascinating shit. So, something to think about for all the ghetto, uh, ghetto, maniacs, ghetto maniacs out there. Brother. Man. Think about AI. Uh, but with that said, that's enough doom and gloom and nerd conversation for the day. Uh, thank you for listening. Go to Ghetto Cheers Facebook, C-H-I-R-Z. Ghetto Cheers Instagram, C-H-I-R-Z. Subscribe to us on the Patreon, please. Uh, and uh, don't forget, most importantly, please subscribe. Not only subscribe on Apple Podcasts, but please give us a rating. Five stars, preferably. But if you want to rate us on one star, please do that and leave your name so I can fucking track you down and beat your... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> rate us whatever you want, but please subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your kids. I don't care. Tell your dog. Or else we'll do it Jay and Silent Bob style. Yeah. We'll come to your house. Pooshoot.com. Pooshoot.com. Yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. All right. We out. All right. Peace. Peace.